0: Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and You're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Scott Aaron. Internationally acclaimed and award-winning network marketer, author, podcaster, and speaker, Scott Aaron is the go-to specialist when it comes to converting traffic, establishing connections, creating residual income using LinkedIn leads generation, and building personal brands. Starting his own network marketing business just six years ago, Scott Scott saw massive opportunities that the internet had to offer. Fully immersing himself in learning LinkedIn leads generation and social media strategies, Scott quickly gained traction as a leader in generating big results for other network marketers, online business owners, and internet marketers, all while generating a multiple six figure business himself. Scott is passionate about helping fellow network marketers achieve success while building their own network organically, and without complicated and costly marketing tactics. His program has helped thousands of network marketers, entrepreneurs, and individuals experience explosive growth following his program, LinkedIn Accelerator. People-focused and result-driven, Scott's strategic approach to teaching others how to create wealth online and organic traffic is a game-changer when it comes to competing in a saturated digital world. Welcome to the podcast, Scott.
1: Thank you so much. It's a uh, grateful and, and an honor to be here today. So thank you so much.
0: Yes. Yeah, so people can get to know you. Tell us a little bit about you, where you grew up, how you started out, how you got into this uh, LinkedIn Acceleration.
1: So I I grew up um, in the suburbs of Philadelphia in an area called Conshohocken. I um, was in Philadelphia my entire life. Uh, up until about uh, four months ago, my, myself and my future wife moved into a house in New Jersey to be closer to family. And uh, my son is also with his mom uh, a few miles away, so we all wanted to be closer together. And how I started out, uh, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Uh, I turned 41 in April, and I started in entrepreneurship uh, shy of my 19th birthday, and how I got into entrepreneurship is probably the, the biggest story of my life because it it actually put me on this transcending path towards where I am right now, uh, which is really doing what I love. I don't consider what I do a job. Uh, it's a passion. So I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My great-grandfather, my grandfather, my dad, all entrepreneurs all own their own businesses. And when I was exiting high school, my father ended up leaving and breaking partnership with a company that he owned, started working for someone else. And after my freshman year of college, he left that business because they were actually under investigation for insurance fraud by the federal government. So my father exited that and started uh, owning his own gym. He bought a failing gym in downtown Philadelphia and basically spent all day, all night there. What he didn't know is that the government was going to really pursue him in what was happening with the previous company. And to make a long story short, my father ended up uh, going to federal prison for two and a half years. Now, when that happened, uh, I was about to enter my sophomore year of college at at, uh, Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh. That didn't happen. Uh, I had to come back home and transfer to Temple University in downtown Philadelphia and actually take over the family business. Uh, as a 19-year-old, um, I had to support my, my family while my dad was away, my sister and my mom. And I fell in love with the health and wellness industry. This was in 1998, 1999, so much different than the wellness industry that we know today. But I fell in love with people. Uh, within the first few years, I, I got my certification in sports nutrition, personal training, and group fitness. Uh, Grew the gym very successfully from about 300 members to nearly 1,200 by the time my father came back home. 2002, we opened up a second location. 2003, we were approached by another family to buy both gyms for a million dollars. And we took the deal. So at 24 years old, I became a millionaire. And that, that year between 2003, 2004, I just personal trained. And then in 04, my father got the bug again to open up a gym. The only problem was I was the only one left with credit due to my father's past, so everything had to be put into my name. Now I didn't know what that meant, uh, but by 2009 I did because I was $1.5 million in liability debt. So within a matter of six years, I went to being a millionaire to being over a million dollars in the hole. And on a personal note, between 2009 and 2015, I was married and divorced twice. My second marriage left me with one of the greatest gifts, which is my now almost eight-year-old little boy, Taylor. And both of those relationships, I never considered failures. They were they were amazing learning lessons, and I took so much away from that as far as my emotional maturity to to really understand, uh, you know, what uh, a real relationship or what a, a meaningful relationship was. And and I, I really. Uh, have a debt of gratitude for my past relationships because it wouldn't have made me the man that I am today to attract uh, my future wife uh, that I'm going to be marrying shortly. Now, where things kind of really started to change for me professionally was in 2013. A friend of mine came to see me at the gym and he asked me a really interesting question. And he said to me, if you got sick or injured tomorrow, what would you do for income? Now, for anyone that's listening to this that is in personal training or massage or chiropractic, where you thrive on actually making money off of seeing patients or clients, where it requires you to actually perform the service, you'll relate to this. Because that question scared me to death because if I got sick or injured, that means my income was gonna be cut off. Now, I've been psychologically unemployable since day one. So I've never had a boss, and I never will have a boss. So a friend of mine approached me with an opportunity to partner with a network marketing company called Isogenics. I was very familiar with them, really uh, appreciated and understood their products and how clean they were. I was already sending people to GNC, bodybuilding.com, and vitamin shop. Instead of sending them there, I can send them to myself. And I caught the vision of multiple streams of income. When, when someone puts all eggs in their one basket and that basket springs a leak, you're also in deep trouble. So I knew about the fact that the average millionaire has four to six streams of income. And I had one. So I said yes immediately. And within four and a half years, I... Uh, earned close to $400,000 in that time period building that business. But I would say the most powerful thing that happened with me was the personal development that that I did and the personal growth that I achieved. You know, network marketing, there's people that knock it all the time. They, th- they think it's a pyramid or a Ponzi. They're probably just uneducated or have heard from the wrong person. It's legitimate if it's the right company and the right product. But for me, I saw it as a personal development journey with a compensation plan attached to it. Mm -hmm. The more money I made was a direct reflection of the amount of personal development I was doing, the books that I was reading, the journaling, the meditation, the, the focusing on my goals, actually creating a vision of what I wanted to create. But there was one last pivot that I made in 2016 that kind of sprung me to where I am now. In 2016, I was unhappy with where I was professionally. Uh, My gym was not doing well. The the building was falling apart. When it rained outside, it rained inside. My landlords had no money. And I was losing about $3,000 a month. That February, I launched my coaching practice using LinkedIn. And people consider me a LinkedIn expert. I'm not a LinkedIn expert. I'm a human connection expert. I've spent almost 70,000 hours of my life working with people one-on-one, helping them to achieve their goals and work through the stumbling blocks that they have. And when I got onto LinkedIn, it was for the sheer reason that Facebook and Instagram were depressing me. Facebook, I see more as a barbecue. That's where people go to hang out and share more about their life. And Instagram is a reality TV show. It's it's basically Bravo, but on social media. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't bringing me closer to people. It was actually having me compare myself to people, which is, is the quickest way to put out any fire that you have for what you want to achieve. And... Uh, an old mentor of mine said to me, she said, Scott, when you're looking to build any business, you need to wake up and look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, how am I going to connect with myself today? Mm-hmm. And it was this light bulb moment. I'm like, oh my God, that's it. I'm not looking for just anyone. I'm looking for someone just like me, mm-hmm. trainers, nutritionists, gym owners. So I, I remembered LinkedIn was a you know professional networking platform. I jumped on there I changed my profile around. I started searching and connecting for other business minded people like me. I started genuinely messaging them without spamming them or sending 18 paragraph long drunk logs that a lot of people send people on LinkedIn. And people started responding back. And the lifeline to any business are your leads. If you have an empty calendar, you're in deep trouble. And my calendar started to fill up with talking to people. And the person that speaks to the most people is the one that's also going to win because you're going to get the most answers in your business, whether it's a yes, no, or something indifferent. Mm -hmm. And my business started to grow. So I reached out to a friend of mine and he said, uh, and I said, Joey, listen, you got to get on LinkedIn. I think I may have struck oil. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, what are you doing? And I said, Well, I'm doing A, B, and C. I kind of told him a little bit of what I knew at the time. And I said, do what I just said and get back to to me in a week and let me know what happens. A week goes by, shoots me a text message. He said, call me. So I did. And I said, what's up? And he goes, dude, listen, whatever you're doing, it works. He goes, I have 14 appointments booked. He goes, you should teach this. So the light, The light bulb went off because i have been writing programs for years. They were just nutritional programs and workout programs. But who said I can't write a program for this? So I put structure around it, launched my coaching practice in February of 2016, and it took off. But the gym, my father's dream, was still standing in my way. Now, I had two successful businesses outside of my gym, which was sucking the life out of me and money from me. Now, the the straw that broke the camel's back was when I was looking through some paperwork because I just wanted to find out, I'm like, what what am I actually liable for here? And I found the lease for the gym. I had just signed a five-year extension. I was one year into it, four years left. And I looked on the last page and it said guarantor and it had my signature above it. So for the people that are listening to this that don't know what that means, when when you own a brick and mortar and you're the guarantor of that lease, no matter what happens to that business, whether it succeeds or fails, you are personally liable for every penny that's owed. And it was nearly another additional $500,000. So I called my business attorney. I set up a meeting. I said, listen, we need to figure something out. I said, this gym is going to be the end of me. And he said, well, you have two options. Option A is you have your two successful businesses supporting your failing business, or you file for personal bankruptcy. Now, when I heard the word personal bankruptcy, I did not hear your life is going to be over. I heard your life is about to begin. Because this was my shot. The first time in almost the last 19 years that I was going to be free of my father's dreams so I can start living mine. So on July 1st of 2016, I filed for personal bankruptcy, closed the gym 30 days later, and I haven't looked back. And when I was able to clear all of those things and I was able to step into my power, and I stepped away from building network marketing to serve more people and fully step into my coaching practice, which led to two best selling books and getting featured in Yahoo Finance's top 15 entrepreneurs to, to watch right now, and, and going to be featured in Authority magazine. Everyone sees the glory of everything that's going on in my life right now but they don't know the road that I had to travel to get here. And there's going to be more bumps in the road. Life, just like business, is not a straight line. It's a roller coaster ride. So my, whenever I share my story, and I, I've done 45 to 60-minute keynotes just on my story because I can dive so deep into it because you know, I remember giving a speech at a nonprofit in Philadelphia. And I was going through my story and the, it was mostly women and the front row, the women started crying. And I said, you don't have to cry for me. And I said, the reason why is I'm still standing here right now telling this as my story, not as the life that I'm still living.
0: And that is quite a story. <laughs> that is quite a story. So, um, what, tell me, how did you get through all that? How how are, how can people be resilient?
1: Resilience is something that every human being physiologically has inside of, of them. It's just a matter of harnessing it. So for me, You know, and this is like a a perfect time to talk about this because everyone is focusing on this global pandemic that we're having and this, that, or the other. There's been pandemics before. They, They may have not been of this magnitude, but I've had multiple pandemics in my life. You know, my father's incarceration, going through two different divorces, losing a house, filing for bankruptcy everyone has been through some sort of pandemic in their life but i tell people resiliency will always win because every time something is happening when you think it's happening to you it's actually happening for you there's a lesson in that and you can sit in all of that stuff and play that tape over and over again, oh, woe is me, play the victim like you're the only person it's ever happened to, or you listen to it. And you focus on what's the lesson that I can learn from this? What's the the only way that I can move past this? And that's to keep moving forward. That's That's the principle that I've applied to everything in my life. I don't sweep things under the rug at all. I I acknowledge everything. I feel everything. I see everything. But if it's not going to serve me, what's the point in continuing to focus on it? One door closes, another door opens up. The analogy I always give people about resiliency is this. Imagine yourself in a raft and you're paddling down a river. Sometimes it's calm, sometimes it's raging. When it's calm, you go with the flow. When it's raging, you gotta, you gotta paddle. You gotta guide that ship so you can get through that rough patch because on the other side of that rough patch is another calm river. And the other side of that is that there's some people that act like beavers. And what do beavers do? They build dams. They stop the flow of water. So I would much rather be in a flow of water that's calm and rough than be a beaver where I'm not flowing at all. And as you go through life, the more arrows that you get fired at, the more that you take on, the armor that you build around that is gonna teach you how to be resilient. Every single human being has the answer to every one of their questions. We, we all know the answer. So when you can kind of listen to that voice and turn down the noise, you can start to learn how to be resilient by letting things flow like water instead of building dams like a beaver.
0: I love the way you put that because you can picture a beaver and they are. They're there to stay. They've they're, they got a strong fortress there. They're not going anywhere.
1: And, exactly. And, and who wants to who, who <laughs> wants to stay stuck? All the, I mean, there's no fun in that. Who, who wants to stay in the same place if it's not serving you? If it's serving you, then stay there. But if it's not serving you, just move. You're not a tree.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So um, I'm sure people are wondering, what is the, the secret to being successful on LinkedIn and actually making appointments?
1: Well I don't I don't believe in secrets I believe in strategies. So I I look at life a lot like a recipe book. So when you make chicken parmesan it's one part chicken breaded marinara sauce some mozzarella cheese and pasta if you want. If you forget the cheese you basically just have breaded chicken with sauce on it. So what I've done is I've created a recipe. I've created a system When people systematize what they do, duplication happens. So if you look at a lot of the successful businesses out there, they're based off of systems, they're based off of procedures, and making sure that things are in a certain order. So when I was on LinkedIn, I started to document what I was doing. You know, when I got on there, how did I change my profile? you know what messages were getting good responses what content was engaging people the right way how else do i leave people better what are those things that i can do how how do i how was i building the right network what's what specific strategy was i taking and all i did is i recorded myself and i took the recordings and i put them in a structured order and i released a virtual coaching program and what i can tell you is that i I don't know how many people I've worked with at this point, but I've, I've worked with people in network marketing. I actually just did a keynote for Fidelity Bank a few weeks back for 250 of their financial service representatives, real estate professionals, solopreneurs, accountants, lawyers, anyone that requires more people for growth can use linkedin but there is a right and wrong way i don't think there's a secret there's a right and wrong way mm-hmm. so i always talk about the four layers of linkedin and i'm a people are probably starting to get this i'm a visual person so i want you guys to envision a wedding cake mm-hmm. and a wedding cake traditionally has tiers right so you have the big base at the bottom and then you have a medium tier a small tier and the happy couple on top so The base of what you need to focus on first on LinkedIn is your profile. Now, when Microsoft purchased LinkedIn about five years ago, they embedded something called SEO, search engine optimization, onto our profiles, which means if it's keyworded the right way, you're going to start to appear in more searches on Yahoo, Bing, and Google which is going to drive more traffic back to your LinkedIn profile. But also people are using LinkedIn like a search engine now. So you have specific keywords, speaker, coach, author, podcaster, and then people start to find you. So I have something on my website. Um, if people, it's a free download. It's on scotteron.net. If you click on free infographic, it goes over the six steps to optimizing your profile. And you want to fill out every section. You know, make sure you have a proper headline. Uh, Make sure the about me section is filled out. Every experience, every job that you've had, list what you did, when you did it, how you did it, licenses and certifications, education. I don't care if you just went to high school or only two years of high school, put it on there because there are other people from your high school on there, which could be a connecting point. Uh, volunteer experience, skills and endorsements. But the most important section on LinkedIn is the personal recommendation section. This is the better business bureau of your profile. This is where people go to share their experience. And I have over 400 written recommendations of people that I've coached over the years that say, yes, he knows what he's doing. I don't have to sell my services anymore because I don't believe in selling. I believe that when you provide enough value-added content, when you work, help, and impact enough people, people will just want to work with you. The second step, the second layer is your network. So what I want you guys to think about right now as you're listening to this, and if you have the ability to write something down, write it down. If you're driving, please keep both hands on the wheel. What I want you to do is on a piece of paper, I want you to write down the ideal avatar. And what an avatar is, it's the ideal customer, the ideal client. Who is the person without knowing them, you would have the most relatable conversation with? So at the time when I was building my network marketing business, it was other trainers, other nutritionists, other gym owners, because I know their story, because it was my story. Now that's changed. Now it's you know, I coach network marketers. I coach solopreneurs. I coach business owners, sales forces. So my searching has changed. So you want to grow and build a network that is the exact mirror image of that person that, without knowing them, you'll have the most relatable and engaging conversation with. Because when you can build the proper network, when you message people, they're going to see a similarity in what you do. And they're going to say, yeah, you know what? Makes sense. I'm going to talk to Kim. So the third step, and this is where I usually say that the wheels come off. This is where people completely drop the ball and it's messaging. So Kimberly, I, I can't tell you how many improper Overselling, overpitching messages I've gotten over the years. If anyone that's listening to this has spent any time on LinkedIn, you probably also have been violated by those people that send you those 18-paragraph-long drunkaologs trying to sell you and pitch you. I could help you, I just released this, go check this out, click this video, watch this but that, that is the quickest way to lose rapport, lose relationship, and above all else, lose trust with that person. Now, I've developed something called the magic formula, and it's a three-step process that anyone can follow to craft a message that engages people the right way. Step one, you mention the person's name. Hey, Kimberly, great to connect with you. Step two, you lower the drawbridge, connecting the two of you together from a business standpoint. So mention why you wanted to connect, without trying to sell or pitch, but lower the drawbridge. I noticed you had a business podcast, as do I. Would love to hear about it. Share more about mine to see how we can support each other here on the platform. Now, I've done two things there. Number one, I've lowered that drawbridge. So when Kimberly sees, oh, he's got a business podcast, so do I, that's why he's reaching out. But number two, I've used one of the most important words in the English language, and it's the word support. So it's been scientifically proven that when the the eyes, when the mind reads the word support, it triggers a chemical release from our brain of something called oxytocin. And for those that don't know what oxytocin is, it's the feel-good chemical. It's when you're excited, just like serotonin, endorphin, dopamine, or cortisol, which is our stress hormone. So someone is feeling good as they're reading this message. And then you finish with a CTA, a call to action. Statements lead to nowhere, questions lead to answers. So if I was just to say, Kimberly, let me know when's good for you. She's never gonna let me know because I haven't even asked. But if I simply said, do you have any time this week or next week for a call or a Zoom? She's going to reply if she does. So you have to A-S-K, to GET. You have to ask in order to get. And the fourth layer and the most important but it's always left out is content creation. LinkedIn is the number one distribution channel for content creation right now. LinkedIn has the highest engagement, it has the highest reach, and it has the highest organic um, content out there on all of social media. Now When you're on LinkedIn, you need to produce one piece of content a day. I don't care if it's a video. I don't care if it's an article or a post. Just produce one piece of content a day. Now, if you're going to do that, you have to make sure you do one of two things. Educate your audience on something they need to know or inform them of something that you've learned that has helped you that will also help Them because now, if you've built this organic audience of that avatar which we spoke about in step two, you're writing content that speaks right to them, which means the organic engagement is going to be higher because you're going to be speaking their language, Kimberly. All too often, people are putting content out on social media of what they want to post instead of putting content out there that people want to hear. Every message you send. Any piece of content that you create, ask yourself Would I respond to this message if it was sent to me? Or would I engage with that piece of content if I saw saw someone else write it? So when you start producing content from the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of the end user and not yourself, you're going to impact that much more people. So those are the four simplistic layers of how people can easily get on LinkedIn. And really use it well.
0: Well, that was very clear and easy to follow. At Thank least you. It sounds easy to follow. <laughs> we'll see as we get into it. So I know I, I was learning something because I know a lot of times, even when I post about the podcast, you know, I'm just saying, okay, I got another podcast. I don't know if people are interested or not. I'm just letting them know that I haven't, you know, a new guest. So uh, haven't been doing much instructing or educating.
1: Yeah. You know, even, even if you're posting about your new episode, just saying, uh, Hey guys, new episodes coming out today. You're going to love it because it's going to go over this, this, and this, you know, whoever's struggling in this area, this area, this area, you're going to love it and would love to hear your feedback. What were your biggest takeaways? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm learning here. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what, uh, talk more about the human connection. So, you've always kind of worked one on one with people.
1: Well, the most valuable business tool that we all have is inside of all of us. It's not a social media platform, it's not an email list, it's not a click funnel, it's not a website. It's your ability. To create organic and genuine human connection with someone else. So, when I started to realize this, that the only way for my business to grow is if I start connecting mean, meaningfully with more people. Because again, I want to be top of mind. I want to be thought if someone needs something, not at that present moment, maybe a couple months later, I want to be there for them when they are ready. So, when people, stop automating and this is a big thing people are automating every process they have now mm-hmm. and what people don't realize kimberly is they're automating the most important aspect of their business which is themselves mm-hmm. human connection you're a we all have it in us look at kids all they do is talk to strangers yes <laughs> they, they have no fear and and but something happened along the way where we don't want to talk to strangers anymore. We don't want to we get in an elevator, we look right down. Right? We don't want we we're going down a grocery store shopping line when we're able to go, we don't say hi to people. So for me, if I want to if I want to impact the greatest amount of people, it's going to require me talking to a lot of people. So I can't be afraid to talk to strangers. I can't be afraid to reach out to people I don't know. The person that creates the most human connection is going to succeed the most in every aspect of your life. I can promise you that.
0: Yeah, I totally believe that. And I, I know, like you said, so much of it is automated or people think, well, I'm just going to put a Facebook ad out or I am going to do this or I want to do that. And it's like, the bottom line is you got to get on the phone with them or a Zoom link, you gotta get, or in, in person when we can, <laughs> but you gotta get face-to-face with with a person on a one-on-one basis to really know someone and to be I'm, able to help them with what they need or what they want.
1: I'm gonna burst a lot of bubbles here. If if you don't wanna get on the phone with people, if you don't wanna jump on a Zoom with people, you shouldn't be in the business that you're in. It, it's just a plain truth, I'm sorry. If There was a woman that that reached out to me. She reached out to me on LinkedIn. She goes, hey, I'm interested in how you generate leads for people. I said, great. Let's hop on a call next Monday or Tuesday. Does that work for you? Mm -hmm. She goes, how's the middle of August? I'm pretty tied up right now. And I responded back. I said, you don't have 20 minutes in the next four weeks for us to hop on a call? I said, why don't you reach back out to me in about a month? I don't want to work with someone like that. If, if, Kimberly, here's the deal. People make time for what they feel is most important to them. And, and what's most important to me is to get to know as many people as possible. Because um, people are so... People like, they love this attraction marketing thing. They love attraction marketing. I'm going to post all these beautiful posts and I'm going to run these fantastic Facebook ads. The skies are going to open up and a ton of money is going to drop in my lap. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way.
0: I was going to say, that's a joke. (laughs) That's that's a joke.
1: (laughs) What works is relationship marketing. Marketing yourself and building relationships At the same time, you know, again, you know, my father called me today to congratulate me on being um, featured in that Yahoo finance article. And he said to me, this was so, I I mean, it took, I mean, it, it really meant a lot. He goes, son, he goes, if there was a word above proud, that's what I would use right now. And, and again, you know, my my dad's been there every step of the way with me all the all the ups and downs and he's thriving in what he's doing and I'm thriving in what I'm doing but that's the thing i wouldn't have been able to do what i'm doing now if i didn't talk to enough people i i I, I don't just sit at my desk all day and stare at my computer and wait for things to happen i make things happen so many That This is why I have a love-hate relationship with social media, right? Mm -hmm. I I love when people say to me, well, Scott, I'm afraid to get on the phone with people I don't know. I say, well, then you're in the wrong business. Mm -hmm. Because it's only someone you don't know until you say hello. Mm -hmm. How are you? Then the relationship starts. Then you're not strangers anymore. You're only a stranger with someone until you actually get them on the phone or a Zoom. And its I can't express to people enough how important human connection is and how important it is to really start seeking more meaningful relationships, whether it's business, personal, but not looking to sell someone every single time. Mm -hmm. Not looking to pitch someone every time. Build that relationship. Build that trust. The know, the like, and the trust that you can build with your network we'll always have business coming in. Always. Mm
0: -hmm. And and I agree. And, um, I've been doing this podcast a, a year now, my one, one year anniversary just passed on the 10th of this month. And the way I built it is I did start out with my own network of people. I knew when I was beginning, but, um, I'm constantly reaching out to people on LinkedIn and Facebook and, um, you know, saying, who do you know? And it's so amazing when you get to know these people because it's um, it's just fun getting to know someone, and learning about them, having that curiosity, and then enjoying all the differences, all the uniqueness of each person. It just enriches your life. So not only is it help a business, but it enriches your own life.
1: The life takes on a new meaning when you can converse with more people you know i had a um a guy's uh, a podcast that i was on uh now a, a friend of mine he uh he, he did his podcast his family they own a uh, a, a candy company in utah mm-hmm. and he said do you like chocolate and i said who doesn't like chocolate <laughs> he goes I'm going to send you something. So a month later, which is today, I get a, a package delivered of four different bars of his homemade fudge from his family's company mm-hmm. with a little handwritten note that just said, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Loved your energy and everything that you were about and looking forward to continuing our friendship. That's what life is all about. Mm-hmm. Getting package. It's just, I, I, I'm not... Kimberly, I wish I knew what happens societally with people, why they're so unwilling to get on the phone with people. Maybe they think there's too, mo- too many robo-callers or they're afraid that they're going to get sold to or pitched to. When, when you can just realize that that's going to happen regardless of social media. Yeah. But when you can really connect with someone on a deep, meaningful level, it, it enriches your life. It, life. Life becomes more meaningful when there's more people involved in it. No one should be lonely. There's all everyone is at arm. Like, look how amazing technology is. Yeah, you download WhatsApp, you can talk to anyone in the world for free. There's no long distance calling anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't need a calling card. You download zoom.us for free, and you can see someone. I have clients in nine different countries because of LinkedIn. It's an international platform. So yeah, I'm just a little bit passionate about human connection.
0: Yes, yes. Just a little bit. So um, talk to me about your coaching. What are you doing with people when you're coaching them? Why do they come to see you?
1: Well, people come to me when not only do they wanna learn LinkedIn, but they wanna learn how to build an organic and genuine brand. With, with their voice. Uh, they wanna learn how to improve their posture and confidence when they speak to people about their business and, and what they're looking to achieve. They wanna learn the right way to build a network and optimize their profile, provide relevant and thought-provoking content, have the right kind of conversations, really get good at storytelling. So I have a virtual program, I have one-on-one six-week mentoring, um, I have an academy, my books, And I'm just, everything I seek to create and do, I want to solve people's problems. And again, I am not responsible for people's success. I'm not, they are. What I'm responsible for is teaching them what has worked for me. It's their job to take action. I don't take responsibility for their success or their lack of. So when someone says to me, well, Scott, what's my guaranteed ROI? There's no such thing as guaranteed ROI.
0: There never is and with anything, is there?
1: <laughs> I said what I can guarantee you is that if you follow my system and you do as I suggest, you are guaranteed to get results. The only way you're not going to get results is if you do what I teach you and you stop doing what I teach you. And that choice is up to you.
0: Beautiful. So, at this point, can you um, kind of go over how people can get a hold of you? What you, you said some already, what programs, what you have, your book?
1: Yeah. So, on my website, www.scottaran.net, that's two T's and two A's, you can find both of my best selling books. My podcast is on there, my services, but I'm also very omnipresent on social media every day. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Facebook and LinkedIn. If you just search Scott Aaron, you can, I'll come right up also on uh, Instagram. My handle is at Scott Aaron LinkedIn and would love to connect with you.
0: Okay. Beautiful. So a personal question now, what gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life at this point?
1: Uh, my future wife and my son that uh, I mean, I, I can say my entire family, but um yeah, when when and we have him about thirty five percent of the time. When it's the three of us, um, that really brings me the most joy—just seeing his little face and spending time with my with my future wife because um, we want kids as well. Um, it's just that I I I love family. I was meant to be a dad, and uh, that's when I'm most happy. Yeah,
0: Wonderful. And just a question about that. So did you meet your wife on LinkedIn or? <laughs> on LinkedIn?
1: I, I, I did meet her online. Um, I met her on a dating app called Bumble, um, which I loved because actually the woman has to actually reach out first. The guy can't contact the woman without her reaching out first. Um, and she was like the first person that I, I, I wasn't like I was taking a, a break from dating And my brother-in-law actually is the one that downloaded the app and uploaded my whole profile. And he said, start swiping. You need to get back out there again. Mm -hmm. And she was the first person I swiped. I was the first person she swiped. We went on our first date, had a great first date. Um, And then life got in the way. We dated around a little bit. It was about two and a half months till our second date. Uh, And then I scheduled a third date on our second date. And the third date November 7th, 2017. That's when the magic happened. We had our first kiss and we've been together ever since.
0: Uh Well, congratulations.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today for all your insights. And uh, I I was learning so much from what you were sharing. So thank you so much for being on.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. And and Kimberly, thank you again for having me. It was a, a great time and just grateful for you and the opportunity to be here today.
0: Yeah. So one last question before we get off Uh, to you, what makes the most incredible, extraordinary, wonderful life?
1: Living your life by design, when you want to do things, how you want to do things, whenever you want to do things. And that is exactly how I'm living my life right now.
0: All right. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. We'll talk to you again soon.